Hello and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. So the gentleman I have on with me today, this this is going to be fun. I'll just I'll start with that. This is this is going to be a fun one today, um, probably more so because I'm a sports nut myself. But uh, he's been at the helm of athletic director for the last 15 years. And, and get this stat. This school is the only school in the nation to average at least 50,000 fans at home football games, 14,000 fans at home men's basketball games, and just under 10,000 fans at home women's basketball games in the last eight years consecutively. And no, it's not a school that you're probably thinking of right now off the top of your head if you're listening outside of the state of Iowa. Joining me today, Jamie Pollard, Athletic Director for Iowa State University. Jamie, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate being asked to be on your podcast. Like I said, looking through some of those statistics, that's uh, that stat that I read out. <laughs> like I told you before we got started here, I felt like I needed the, the theme music. And uh, May, when this airs, I may actually add that in a little bit later just to to further add to it. I mean, it, it got me going, made me felt like we were uh, in, in the realm of sports again. It was, it was kind of nice to have that feeling considering everything that we've gone through here recently. So uh, with that being said, how are you uh, holding up with all this? I know you guys as an organization at Iowa State, especially in the athletic department, um, not only the athletic department, but primarily uh, you guys have undergone some extreme changes uh, with the pandemic. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about those? And we'll, we'll come back to some of the other things a little bit later. Well, um, you know, I, I've likened it to I'm a distance runner by trade, you know, or by by what I did growing up. And so I've said to some people, it's like running a marathon. And, you know, the first couple miles of the marathon, everyone's all excited about the start. And, and you know, the last couple miles, people can gut it out. But it's the person that can run miles 10 to 22 and stay mentally sharp, stay physically strong, you know, be able to push themselves to a limit. Um, and that's kind of like what we're going through here, because those first couple of weeks, you know, I think there was a lot of adrenaline of just how are we going to meet? How are we going to conduct business? You know, are you using Zoom, WebEx, you name it, FaceTime? How often are we going to meet? How are we going to do this? You know, and um, and now we've kind of settled into not how we're doing it, but we're, we're just doing it. And there's some, you know, I call it the dog days of summer. It feels like that some days because, you know, we, you've really got to work hard to have structure and discipline and motivation and accountability um, because, you know, we're very isolated, right? And I've joked with some people that I've been on some Zoom calls with that I hadn't seen like in five weeks, and it was just good to see their face. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, and, but it made you realize, you know, in some ways how isolated you are. But it, but then on the other side of it, uh, you know, I like to say there's some there's been some benefits of this, and, and in my family, you know, we have all uh, four kids home from college, and so we were sitting down for dinner every single night for the last five weeks, and I guess that's something I maybe took for granted that would never happen again, and it's happening. So. Um, but just, you know, back to the challenge in general as, you know, as a leader, um, you know, for us, a big part of it was, um, you know, just having a great culture already in place. And, you know, initially when we realized we were going to be facing this situation was um, 
just the, our leadership stopped and we just kind of identified some principles that we thought were really important to uh, keep front and center on every decision that we made throughout this, uh, this challenging time. And those principles have really helped guide us, have given us strength, but more importantly, I think have positioned our department, our organization to be um, ready for the point in time when we do re-engage, and hopefully that's sooner than later. Um, I've joked and said I hope it doesn't become an ultra-marathon um, <laughs> right. instead of a marathon. But, right. um, but when we do re-engage, I think because our organization has stayed true to those principles that we identified, that we're going to be better – uh, more equipped and um, and be ready to uh, take advantage of you know whatever opportunities exist when we reengage and so you know as a leader I think it was really important to do that to you know to give the people structure but also to you know to give them motivation and accountability um, so that they they could stay um, productive for the sake of our people listening especially those that may be stepping into a leadership role for you know, the first time or, you know, maybe have just become a leader within the last year that are that's running an organization in the midst of a pandemic. What are some of those, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of those principles um, that you use with your teams to keep the morale up, to keep them energized and, you know, and, and going through a time like this? What what advice would you have for those those types of folks listening in? Well, um, you know, I I'll share with the five principles that we had, but I would say kind of the overriding um, cultural component of this is communicate, communicate, communicate. And, you know, people have asked us, you know, how did you, how were you able to implement those salary reductions so quickly? And, you know, what we joked and said, well, it's culture, but it took 15 years to develop, but it really was a culture around communication. And so for us, those five principles that we sat down and communicated amongst our staff and our student athletes was number one, the health, safety, and well-being of our student athletes, our coaches, our staff, and our families was going to be the lens we were going to use for every decision we make. And, um, you know, I, I, I like giving examples to reinforce those principles. You know, there was uh, an athletic department to be unnamed, not in this state, but um, a major athletics department that still had their student athletes on campus in a workout, you know, in a weight room. And, you know, you clearly aren't worrying about their health if you were putting them in that situation. And ironically, one of their football players ended up getting COVID-19. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, when you had the health, wellness, and safety of everyone I mentioned as the lens you're going to use for every decision, then, then you make some tough decisions, but they're all made for the right reason. Um, second principle was, you know, we are part of a much bigger organization, Iowa State University. And so it was really important to stay aligned with the campus, with our president. Um, you know, we do have some unique things about our business, but we need to try to stay as uniquely aligned as we can, because I think that that's important to um, help our president just run the institution. Thirdly, and I, I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, is we were very deliberate about creating structure, about creating um, motivation by creating discipline, but also by creating accountability for our student athletes, our coaches and our staff, and even our families. Because, um, you know, you just, you can get lost really quick when you're working from home or, um, you know, you get up in the morning and there's no beginning or no end of the day, you need <laughs> right. to create some structure, right. you know? And so, you know, we've done that through, um, calls and uh, meetings. And so that's been very helpful. Um, 
you know, the, the fourth um, piece was, we called it uh, the Wayne Gretzky quote, but skating to where the puck's going, not where it is. And it was, who, who you know, the organizations and people that have a long-term view to this and really can focus on the long-term play are going to be the ones that are going to be best situated when we re-engage. And so we really tried to not get caught up, at least in my industry, of, oh, you're losing spring practice or, you know, or this school's still doing this and we're not doing that as, you know, let's focus on the long term, because if we do that, we'll be we'll be the organization that's best ready to go. And then fifth was let's be really deliberate and intentional about staying connected with one another, with our constituents, you know, with our family, um, you know. And, and so, you know, we created phone trees and divided up all our employees so that a leadership member would be talking to each employee every week. We made it a requirement that every student athlete, and we have 470 of them, needed to hear from one of their coaches every single day during this uh, time period so that nobody was, um, you know, just not connected. And those five principles have really guided us and have really helped us. And earlier you had mentioned that you were a national champion long distance runner by trade. Um, is that one of the things that you do to kind of help flip the switch off sometimes because there is so much going on? I guess a uh, better way to ask that is what are some things that you engage in non-work related to kind of help keep your mental focus up? Because, you know, being in the leadership role like yours with so many things and so many being responsible for so many people that carries a lot of burden sometimes and, and it can be, and can be draining. So what are some of the things that Jamie does to kind of ease his mind? Well, um, there's several things. Um, unfortunately, a couple of them I can't do right now um, because of the situation we're in, but uh, two of them I can. And uh, one is, you know, uh, I just, I like to exercise and my main form of exercise is running. So, um, you know, I, have been able to continue to work out and I, and I do that every morning just because it's the easiest way to be the most efficient about, you know, showering one time and being up and ready to go. Um, and so exercise is a really big one for me. Uh, number two, and this is probably uh, a uniqueness to Jimmy Pollard is I love doing yard work, you know? And so I, I mow my own lawn and, you know, I, I have mowed once already this year and I'll, as the weather gets better here, we'll have to mow more, but, um, you know, I like laying mulch and, um, you know, weeding and I just, I like being out in the yard doing that stuff. And, um, there's a sense of accomplishment, you know, I've always said I, I would have probably been a great farmer um, because I think I would have loved, you know, harvesting corn every fall and planting every spring. So um, those are two, you know, there's a couple other things that I like to do that, you know, I just unfortunately, you know, right now not able to do is, um, you know, I, I, I love the water. And so I love boating with my family. I love to fish, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I just, it's, Maybe it goes back to, you know, my days as a runner that you, um, you know, the loneliness of a long distance runner um, and that that's uh, I could fish all day long and not be bored. Um, and, you know, some people go, gosh, that would just really be boring out there. Not to me. Um, there's something there's some serenity to that. So I enjoy doing that as well. Anything else? Um, I know you, you've got a lot on your plate going on, obviously not just with the, the pandemic uh, and things related to that, but I, I know there's some some growth and, and things like that going on sports related up there on campus. I was able to make it up uh, to Ames this year for some some football games and, and such. So I've been able to see that firsthand. So anything else you want to share with us today before we let you go? 
Yeah, I just go back to, you know, culture, as the old saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so um, I think as a leader, you know, probably the most important, um, most important responsibility that any leader has is to um, create a really good culture in their organization. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the culture we have at Iowa State and especially in the athletics department. And it's not something you can do overnight. It, you've got to be very intentional and deliberate about it. And when you do have a great culture, when you hit adverse times like COVID-19, you know, then that culture just takes over. And, it, and it's it's actually really um, it's not only productive, but it's uplifting. Couldn't agree with you more. Jamie, I hope to uh, be able to, to be able to see the sports teams back on the field sooner than later. Uh, let you get back to it. And again, thank you for, for taking the time to to chat with me and share some of those those tips and experiences with us. Uh, Jamie Pollard, Athletic Director of Iowa State, here on the podcast today. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.